Let's open our Bibles, Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. I'll let you find that. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. You guys really doing all right today? Okay. We'll see how you're doing at the end. Last time we talked about hope, and uh, that's, that's got to be a, a favorite subject uh, for all of us, that hope, that confident expectation. You know, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Against even when it looks bad and it's against all odds, yet we're still going to have that hope that God is going to work. You know, that, that God keeps his promises, that God will provide for us, that God has a plan. And ultimately, God, that God will bring us to heaven. That's our confident expectation that I'm going to heaven. I was thinking about that this morning, you know, that I, I'm His. I am His. I belong to Him. And He's going to take me home. Amen. So put your hope in God, and, and that's a powerful, powerful word. I, I, I read it this morning as well in uh, 1 Corinthians 13. It talks about one of the aspects of love is to be full of hope, to have hope. That's crazy. I never put those two together. So, I don't know if you remember last week, I, I told you about the anchor story. You know, we were out looking for, at a house, and there was a picture, there was a, a big plaque on there. You remember that? Yeah. Well, I, I put it in the, uh, the thing for you can see it. It's actually the, you know, the flag, right? But it's on a piece of wood, and you kind of can't, can't see, but it's just a it was just awesome when I saw that, and I saw, though it wasn't the right house for us, there was hope that God knew what he was doing, right? That God is going to take care of us. God's going to provide. God is going to uh, show the way that he has a plan. We just have to be patient. Sometimes it takes a long time, right, for God's plan to come to, into being, right? So uh, that's part one. Part two... Uh, we heard about a house, that was Sunday, we heard about a house, I think it was Monday, I think, or was it Tuesday, one of those days. And so we said, yeah, it was like a foreclosure, so we're going to go look at this house, right? And uh, my wife and I, we drove by there, and this is, what, this is the first thing we saw when we got close to it. Wow. Now, is that cool or what? <laughs> you know, the house before... Friday, then like Monday or Tuesday, whatever day that was, we see, and the first thing you see you drive up, there's this giant anchor, which to me said hope all over it, that God is going to take care of us. The rest of the story, the house was never really for sale. Uh, it was like three times what we could afford. Somehow it was a computer glitch, you know, Zillow sent out this, you know, thing that this house is for sale, and it was, it was like four years ago. You know, so, but I thought about that, and I thought, you know, God worked that out just for us to see that anchor, Amen. That, he, that he's got hope for us. That made, it was a beautiful house. I was ready to move in. Serious. <laughs> but he has got a plan, so our hope's got to be in him. Put your hope in him. Now, today, I want to talk about uh, unfinished business. Do any of you have unfinished business? One or two of you? <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's the definition of unfinished business. 
something that a person needs to deal with or work on, something that has not yet been done, dealt with, or completed. Now let me ask you again, have you got any unfinished business? <laughs> Some of you do. I mean, it's part of life, right? We've got things that we need to finish, that, that we need to deal with, but we maybe don't want to deal with them. We need to work on them. Maybe we don't want to work on them, but they need to be, right? So the question I want to ask you, if you what if you died today? Would it matter if it was unfinished? Now, you thought of something, when you raised your hand, you were thinking about something, maybe something important. We all have stuff that's undone. Some of it is very important. Some of it is really not that important. That puzzle you have sitting on your desk, on your table, your dining room table, you can't even eat at the table because you got this puzzle there, and it's been there for like months. The best thing is just to throw that thing off. It's not that important, but there are other things that are very important, right? Things that are important to finish. I keep getting back to this thing, things that matter, right? That was my, kind of my first message back when I came back. Things that matter are our faith, our family and our friends and our future. These are things that are important. These are things that really matter. And, and there are things that, that we need to not put off dealing with, not put off addressing or are thinking about. And I have to say this, that the faith, the faith matters that we need to deal with, that's got to be number one. What, you know, will you do with Jesus Christ? That's the, the question of the ages. What have you done with Jesus? Have you received him into your life to be your Lord and your Savior? Or are you just like, uh, you like going to church, and that's okay, I like if you come here. Maybe it's uh, the only peace you get all week. I believe God's given us his peace here. I really believe that. But, you know, and, and you know, maybe you need to come here and, and you find peace here, but you need to find Jesus here too. Don't, don't put that off. There's some unfinished business if you have not wrestled with that. That's unfinished business. Have you, have you surrendered to the cross, to Jesus Christ? Maybe, maybe in family matters there are things that need to be dealt with. You know, there's some healing that needs to, to take place. There's some forgiveness that needs to be uh, uh, happening. And we talked about forgiveness a, a few weeks back. Maybe there's something that needs to be dealt with. Maybe it's something in the future, but, but again, this idea of eternity with God. So if you look at Titus chapter 1, verse 5, Let's read that verse there. That's what we're going to talk about today. Titus chapter 1, verse 5. He says, Paul says to Titus, The reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. And then from verse 6 and following, which we'll get to uh, the next time in Titus, he, he speaks about the qualifications now, Paul left Titus on the island of Crete with a job to do. There was some unfinished business that he needed to address, that he needed to take care of, that he needed to uh, complete. And that's what he's saying here. That's what he's talking about here. 
Notice he says there, uh, I left you there so that you might straighten out what was left unfinished. Straighten out what was left unfinished. This idea, straighten out, it was, it was used by uh, medical doctors, medical writers, to uh, talk about setting broken bones and, and getting you know, crooked joints that are out of place back into place. Now, that's not an easy thing to do, is it? In fact, it's very painful. And uh, I asked Carol if she would mind if I mentioned this, but Carol had a little accident this week, and she, she had a fall, and uh, you can talk to her about that, but, but one of her fingers was completely taken out of joint. I mean, if you see the x-ray, it was like, it's painful looking at that. First, I didn't know what it was, then I said, no, you're kidding me. That's not part of your finger way over here where it should be over here. And so, so the doctor had to set that in order. And this is the term that they would use for that. Exactly what they had to do. They had to pull that, push and pull that to get it to where it was supposed to be. Now, I want to say again, that, that is very, very painful. I would ask them to put me to sleep to do something. I don't care if it's my pinky finger, put me to sleep because that is going to hurt, right? So, but, but it needs to be done. It needed to be done. You can't leave your finger like that forever, right? It's something that had to, take, to, to be taken care of. It was, if you left it unfinished, what, what's going to happen? You're going to have problems forever. That's kind of the way it is with unfinished business. He said, straighten it out. You've got to get it back to where it needs to be. You've got to set it in order. You can't leave it that way. Sometimes the reason, and I want to talk about unfinished business. Obviously, that's the, the title that I'm looking at here today. Uh, it's usually, uh, a lot of times, the reason we stop taking care of business is because it's uncomfortable or it hurts. It's painful. I don't really want to go there. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to deal with that. Right? Is that true? Is that ever true of you? No, I don't want to go there. I don't want to think about that. But it just keeps coming back. I mean, you know, you're, if, if it's your finger, right, it's going to keep coming back. You're going to see it every time you look down at your hand. It's, these things don't just go away, the things that are important that we need to deal with. They don't just go away. We, we like to sweep them under the rug. And, and, but you know what? It's kind of hard walking over that rug when there's big lumps under there, right? You trip over them all the time, right? Any of you have stuff under your rug at home? Maybe I'm the only one. Some difficulty, you know, uh, or maybe we don't have any time to deal with it. Maybe we don't have the energy to deal with it. Maybe we don't see what needs to be done. A good time to pray and ask God, well, show me what do I need to do here. There's something, these unfinished business in my life, and I know I need to do something about it. But I'm not sure what it is, and, and maybe I'm afraid. Maybe fear is keeping me from dealing with this. That happens too, right? Any of you ever have fear? Leadership issues is what he's talking about here, of course, in chapter 1, verse 5. And the whole letter he's talking about leadership, of course. But leadership 
uh, you know, matters and issues were important. Paul's practice, uh, read it there in Acts chapter 14, it says that Paul and Barnabas appointed elders <clears throat> excuse me, for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom, in whom they had put their trust. So Paul and Barnabas, they would go around and they would, you know, God was blessing and God was bringing people uh, to faith and they would form churches and, and it was important that they had leaders. And Paul and Barnabas, that was what they would do. They would appoint leaders to help take care of the church. Now, why is that important? Why do you think? Why is that important to have leaders? Keep things straightened out. It's good. You know, you know to, keep, to keep leaders, you know, the job is to keep people on the right path. It's for stability, right? To, you know, without somebody in charge, it, things can get all chaotic and, and out of control. Also at the time, and, and it's really no different today, is to protect the church. From what? From wolves. From false teachers. You know, and... and uh, you say, well, that doesn't happen anymore. Oh, yes, it does. There, there are still wolves out today. There are still false teachers out today. And, and if we're not, as Annie was talking about, if we're not committed to God's word, if, we're not, if we don't have leaders who help keep us in God's word, we're going to be susceptible to those kinds of attacks. Leadership is, is absolutely essential. Now, for some reason, Paul didn't finish it. Paul didn't finish it there. We don't know why. He doesn't tell us why. We, we can maybe guess. Perhaps he didn't have long enough. Perhaps he wasn't there long enough and he wanted uh, Titus to kind of finish the job, right? So, you know, there are a few things we can glean from that. Number one, you, you need to be careful. And Paul said in Timothy, you know, lay hands suddenly on no man. In other words, you don't just say, oh, well, you can breathe. You can be the next leader. Now, now, it doesn't mean you, you need to wait 15 years before somebody can be a leader, right? But, but you, you know what I'm saying. People need to be uh, tested and people need to be, you know, checked out. Like, are they, what kind of people are they? We'll get back to that in a minute. But, but this idea that Paul asked Timothy to do it, sometimes, sometimes tasks, and in, in, even in our own lives, sometimes the business is finished by someone else. You know, if, if, let's say, we do die and there's some unfinished business, guess what? Somebody's going to need to finish it. Somebody will have to finish it if it's an important task that needs doing. Or maybe it's just that, uh, depending on what it is, maybe it's just that, you know, I've done my part and now you do your part. You know, I do this part and then you come along and do the other part and you kind of get the, the finishing touches put on it, so to speak. And so, you know, one sows, Jesus talked about it, one sows and another reaps. And he says, you know, the, the guy who comes along and reaps, he said that, you know, the, the, the guy who sowed did all the hard work and you just come along and do this reaping thing. And like, but, but none of them get any credit, really. All the credit goes to who? To the Lord, right. So, so maybe that's part of it too. But, but in either case, Paul uh, spoke a quite a bit, and the Word of God speaks quite a bit about finishing. 
So I want you to turn with me. There's a few verses I want to look at today. So I want you to turn with me, first of all, to Colossians chapter uh, 4. Actually, let's read this one on the screen. Colossians chapter 4. I'm going to have you turn to Luke in a minute, not, not this one. Colossians chapter 4, verse 17. Uh, it says, tell Archippus. Well, that's a really cool name. Interesting, and I'll tell you a little secret here. I look at that and I see my name in the middle of there, R-C-H-I. It's just spelled wrong. <laughs> tell Rich, see to it that you complete the work that you have received in the Lord. See to it that you complete the work that you have received in the Lord. This is important. Talk about things that are important, things that, that matter, things that God has given to us that we need to work on and take care of. What does he say here? It's, it's the work that you have received in the Lord. It's what God has put upon your life. God has asked you to do. You need to make sure you finish. If you don't finish anything, finish what God has asked you to do. That's big, right? But if you've got to back up from that, well, what has God asked me to do? I have no clue. I have no idea what God has asked me to do. Well, then what do you need? You need to get down and pray. Say, God, what is it you want me to do? You've, you've, you've set me apart. You, you've got a plan for my life, a purpose for my life. What is it? It's pretty hard to complete something if you have no idea what it is. I, I, have a, I, you know, I, I think about this a lot, and there's some things in my life that I know that I, I believe that God wants me to do. And so I need to think about these things and, and, and say, God, you know, how can I put those into practice? Some of them I'm already doing, but there are some that I'm not doing yet. And he says, see to it that you complete, finish the work you've received in the Lord. To finish what God has given us to do. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. For me, to, to finish what God gave me and don't stop until it's done. You know, when this all happened to me, you know, I, I got that message over and over again. God still has something for you to do. Right? There's a reason that you're still here. There's some things you need to do. Well, I could just go on and say, well, you know what? It was kind of hard, so I'm just going to kind of like coast from now on. Because I can't do anything stressful because it might happen again. I can't. You know, you, you can go down this path, but, but really it should rather be the opposite. Well, what is it that, if, if that is the case, and I'm still here, what is it that you want me to do, and I need to get busy and do it? that make sense? Are you with me? Okay. Now let's turn back to Luke chapter 14. I tried to make this easy for you. Luke chapter 14, everybody knows where Luke is. Right? If you don't, you're going to have detention. No, just kidding. <laughs> Luke chapter 14, verse 28. Verse 28 through 30. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost? To see if he has enough money to complete it. For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not 
able to finish. What's he talking about there? This is Jesus talking, by the way. In the context, he's talking about being his disciple, carrying the cross, his cross, and, and following Jesus and being his disciple. He's talking here about counting the cost. Before we start, he says, you need to count the cost. Is this something I really want to do? Do you really want to follow Jesus? Do you really want to be one of his? Do you really want to do what he asks you to do? Finish what God has given you and I to do? Well, we need to count the cost. And we need to stop and say, is this, is, am I really ready to just lay it all out? We sang that song, Come to the Altar. Am I really willing just to lay it all on the altar before God and say, okay, here's, here's who I am. What do you want me to do? Count the cost. We don't want to be one of those guys they look at and they say, yeah, he started that. He starts lots of things, but he never finishes anything, and that's ridicule. This fellow began to build, and he wasn't able to finish. How about the Gospel of John? That's the next book, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John chapter 4 and verse 34. If you'll turn there with me. John 4, 34 says, Jesus speaking, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Let me read that again. Think about this. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You can say, well, that's just Jesus. You know, he had a, he had a calling on his life, and, and obviously his calling was to go to the cross, right? But I think there's something in this, in the, in the example of Jesus, that, you know, he said, my food... What nourishes me, what actually fills me up, what completes me, is what? To do what God wants. And to finish what God has asked us to do. Think about that. What satisfies? What really makes a difference in our lives? Is it, is it finishing those things that really matter? Or is it just finishing stupid, silly things in this world, in this life? How about Acts? See, see, I made this easy for you. Luke, John, Acts, right in a row. Acts chapter 20. See if you can find that one. Acts chapter 20. I, I want you to see that this concept, this idea of finishing, is, is throughout the Scripture. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Well, look at verse 23. It says, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. It wasn't going to be easy. However, Paul says in verse 24, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. He says, it's going to be difficult, I know that, but, but what's my life? It's worth nothing if only I might finish and do, complete, 
what God has put before me, the race that God has given me. Now, now are all of us doing the exact same things? No. We all have different gifts, different callings, the same God, the same Holy Spirit. But what is it that He's put in you? What kind of a passion? What kind of a fire? What, what is it that, that you are supposed to be involved in? But can you hear the heart of Paul in this? If only I may finish the race, complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Now, we studied 2 Timothy, and, and at the end he says, you know what, I have finished the race. I fought the good fight, right? He said, and he got to the end of his life, he knew he was going to be uh, killed, martyred very, very shortly. And the last words he was written, he says, listen, I have. I finished the race. But, but none of us have that, have that knowledge at the moment, but, but to have that heart so that I'm going to finish. I'm going to keep running. I'm going to get to the finish line. I'm going to, I'm going to keep pressing on until I get there. I'm going to finish the race, the task that God has given to me. One more for you it's in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians, now you're going to have to go like 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Can you find that? Five books ahead. Some of you are looking at me like, what are you, crazy? By the way, we have Bibles in the back. If you don't have a Bible here, we have Bibles. We can pass them out to you if you don't have one of your own. You can even have one. Philippians. What chapter did I say? Philippians chapter... Oops, wrong button. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I'm trying to build a case here. This is one of my all-time favorite verses. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, what? Will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's exciting to me in a lot of different ways, but, 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 but the fact that God is working in me, but, but in context of what I'm talking about here today, is that God finishes what he starts. God is a God who doesn't have a lot of unfinished business. At the end of, the end of times, God's going to go, wow, man, I didn't have enough time to finish that, that project I was working on. That's not going to happen. Everything that he sets out to do, he finishes, he completes. And so, so if God is asking us to do that, he's also going to give us the strength and the ability. But it's, it's so exciting to me that God has started something in me and, and when I look at it, I go, wow, it ain't, it's not happening. It's not, like, it's not working very fast. And, and there's still a lot of stuff that God has got to do inside my heart, inside my life. And it's not like happening. Why, why isn't it happening quicker? But, but God is going to bring it to completion. God is going to finish what he started in you and in me. We have to cooperate. I understand that. But it's still God doing the work. So, getting back to the idea of, of unfinished business for you and me, this idea that, that there may be something important in your life, in my life, that needs finishing. I think, I'm going to give you a few suggestions. I, I think, number one, I think 
and don't do it right now. But I think to make a list. A lot of us don't like picking up pencils or, or pens. But to get a piece of paper and write down a list, what are some things you need to really finish in your life? What is some unfinished business? And, and then kind of look at them and say, well, that's really not that important. That's not that important. But this is really important. And then work at it and don't give up. And don't wait around. Don't wait. You know, you know the, the saying that I'll do it, what, when I get around to it, right? Well, did you get one of these when you came in? This is around to it. This is not Greek. Somebody said, is that Greek? Is that some Greek word? This is around to it. So you have no excuse now to say, well, I'll do that. I'll finish that when I get around to it. You have one now. And I do not want to see them left on your seats when you leave this place saying, well, I, I got to get rid of that quick because it's my only excuse. You have no excuse. Maybe you're thinking about something in your own life, something you really need to deal with, some unfinished business. What does God want you to do? How does God want to deal with that? You know, I, I think of, you can't do this without thinking about your own life. You can't talk about stuff, well, you shouldn't anyways, without applying them to yourself and thinking about things in your own life. You know, uh, I have been planning on this for like, I don't know how long now. And so I made an appointment to get our will updated. Now this will goes back to like 1980. That's like, that's a few years, 1980. So, so I actually called the guy and, and I had talked with him about it uh, months and months ago, because I know this guy. And uh, I talked with him about it, and I said, okay, yeah. So I finally made the phone call. If I'm going to finish something, is that, is that important? It's kind of important, especially, you know, dealing with what we've kind of been through, what I've been through. It's important. What's going to happen after you go? How are these things going to be? We say, well, you know, it'll all take care of itself. It'll all work out. You know how many situations I've seen that it worked out all right, but it was ugly. It was a mess, and people are fighting over stupid things, and then they don't even, you know, talk to each other ever again kind of thing. It's, it can be very ugly. This message isn't about just getting a will done, though. That might be something you need to do. There's a deck at, at the back of our house that needs a lot of work, and we're going to take care of that. We're going to work on that soon. You can all think of stuff, right? Here at the church, uh, coming back to Titus chapter 1 and verse 5, Paul speaking to Titus and giving him some direction. He says, I, as I told you, this is what I want you to do. I think here at the church, and, and, and 
kind of looking at leadership and thinking, thinking about that. And, and Annie mentioned it today. There, there are a, a myriad, there are a whole bunch of leaders. We have good leaders, good people in this church. Men and women who are, are solid leaders. But I realize, too, that there, there also needs to be some clarity. And I think part of it is kind of like, you know, the, the concept of, well, we don't need any titles and we don't, we're going to be laid back and all that. But you know what? When something happens, there needs to be some clarity, right? Amen. Amen. Is, that, is that true? Right. Some unfinished business. I realized, you know, there was some unfinished business, some things, and, I, and I'd read this verse and... And uh, there was some unfinished business that I need to take care of. And, and I've been working on some of these things for a very long time. I've been working with some different guys for, really, for a couple of years. And, and spelling things out and talking about, well, it, you know, this is what our future should look like. And this is kind of where we're going. And if, if something happened. And so we did talk about a lot of these issues and a lot of these things. But there were still some steps that... Uh, I felt like we're not finished. And when I get around to it, I'll take care of those things. Well, I might not have had another chance, right? It might have been done, over. And then you leave it for somebody else. Kelly says this about, about uh, leaders. Fat. they got to be fat. Kelly? Faithful, available, and teachable. Faithful, available, and teachable. Now, we have a, a fat team as well, which is our finance team, financial accountability team. They're fat, too. But to be faithful, to be available, to be teachable, people who have time, people who have energy... And, and again, it's not to, uh, to say, you know, one leader is better than another leader. That's what I, I've always wanted to avoid. And that's probably why I have avoided not taking care of some business. But that's not right either. So, though I could, I could go through a whole list of, of leaders uh, in this church, and I, I don't want to you know, I wouldn't, I would probably miss somebody out because of everything that's God doing. But, but again, I've been working with a group of guys and, and we've kind of got this group and I want to recognize uh, these, these three who have been kind of sticking with me. They've been faithful, they've been available, they've been teachable, and that's Justin and Patrick and Chris. So I'm going to ask them to come up here right now and uh, pray for them. And I've asked uh, Jim if he would come and, and, and we're going to lay hands on these guys and uh, pray for them. Now, again, that's not to, to uh, speak, you know, about any other leaders. We have, again, I could go through the whole list. But this is, if something happened to me tomorrow, then you could say, I know where I need to go. Amen. Right? It's not wrong. It's good. That's what Paul told uh, Titus. So we're going to pray for these guys and, uh, and to finish up. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to say anything. I've been talking and talking. Okay, don't say anything. <laughs> no, you can if you want to. <laughs> but you've got to use the mic. You've got to turn on the mic. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say hey, that Gio, right. when I became a believer in high school, 
It was a very dynamic experience. And in those early years of my Christian life, I looked for that sort of dynamic experience. And I was always looking for that. And then as time has gone on, what really impresses me are people like Rich, people like Jim Hines, you know, people that I've seen around that just continue to serve God faithfully. And that's just what I hope to do and what I want to model my Christian walk after are those who are faithful. Not always dynamic and have the perfect thing to say, but just who show up and are faithful. And they make a lasting difference, probably better than a flash in a pan, uh, which is what I was maybe looking for as an early Christian. So I'm uh, just glad to have an opportunity, you know, to serve and to have good models around me. Want to say anything? No? Yes? Okay. Why don't you guys gather? We're going to just pray for you. Get this out of the way. We'll get, we're going to both sides of you here. All right. You want to go first? Sure. Okay. Our Father in heaven, we just uh, praise you and thank you for being an awesome God and a good, good Father to us. And uh, Father, we know there's no good thing in our flesh that has any value to you except when those who are called according to your purpose confess their sin, acknowledge Jesus as Lord. And in response to that, you send your Holy Spirit to unite with ours and to show us, Father, the good works that you have planned for us. And in a fellowship like this and so many fellowships over this world, Lord, uh, we need to be organized and we need people to lead. And there are, your word talks about many different members. There are so many gifts that people have and are administered in different ways, Lord. Some mm-hmm. we never see. But there are some, Father, that need to step forward to be seen. And when you step forward, you oftentimes end up in the crosshairs because you can be vulnerable to all Mm -hmm. sorts of attacks Mm -hmm. and as a fellowship and as a family we need to support our leaders by standing with them to lift them up in prayer Mm. Lord and we have to commit to that Father Mm -hmm. just as these three have committed to serve you as leaders we need to commit to praying for them so as they stand before you today Lord we commit them to you and ask that your mercy and grace would fall upon them, that you would fill them with your spirit, Lord, that there would be no question the direction that you would have for each one of them, Mm. and you would provide for them all the gifts that they need to serve you in the way that which you have called them, Lord. So we do pray these things and just lift them up to you, Lord, with expectations that you will complete the work that you have begun in them, Father, Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus, I pray right now for them and their families, your protection upon them as this is a family affair. It's not just one, but the whole family is involved. And pray for them that uh, they would uh, know the, the peace and the strength that only you can give to serve this body, to minister. And Lord, we know that with... With this comes accountability, and with this comes responsibility, and we pray for them that 
that you would uh, work those things into their lives as they're faithful, as they're available, as they're teachable. God, it's your church, it's your people. Father, we just make ourselves available to you today, Lord, each one of us, but especially these three, we pray your uh, anointing, your Holy Spirit upon them to do what you call them to do, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, boys. Why don't we all stand together, shall we? We'll pray again. Perhaps you have some kind of unfinished business in your own life and, and you need to pray about it. You need to ask God about it. But in the end, uh, I had a friend back in California so many, many years ago, and he said, there comes a point when there's nothing left to it but to do it. You can talk about stuff, plan about stuff, but there comes a point when there's nothing left to it but to do it. And so maybe you need prayer. Maybe uh, as we finish, you can come for prayer, and, and there are people here, men and women, who pray for you and with you about it. So let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy. We thank you that you have watched over this fellowship for, uh, I don't even know how many years now. 20 some odd, coming close to 30 years. And you've, you've provided, you've uh, taken care of us, Lord, even through the hard times, through the good times. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, uh, see this uh, church into the future, Lord far past my time, and, and as you would uh, continue to use this uh, family to reach others, to reach people with the gospel of Jesus, to strengthen believers. Father, we just commit it to you. We ask you to do this work. But use us and, and do it in us first. I want to pray especially too to, for today and, and those that have said they want to be baptized, and I want to pray perhaps there are others that are here that want to be baptized, that need to be baptized, and that they would have that boldness as to step out and say, it's me. I, I, I'm, I'm saying to the world that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And I want everybody to see it. I want everybody to know that I have surrendered to him. Father, bless that time. We pray for small waves. Lord, we thank you for your grace again. It's nothing we deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. I say that because last year I just about got drowned. (laughs) 